0: Good morning, vendors and non vendors alike, and welcome to Republic City Dispatch, a radio program covering Nick.com's Legend of Korra series. This week, Suyin fails to assassinate Kuvira, leading to a showdown between the Avatar and the Great Uniter. Bolin and Barrett find themselves in the Spirit Vine Ultimatum. Kuvira takes out Fu, except for Batar and Skrilix Bayfong. The Earth Kingdom is united. Rejoice, Dave, Davindra, and Joanna. Hi, everybody. Apparently, we've uh, lost Matt Patches. He varicked himself after somebody Zoolied him. So it's just going to be <laughs> the three of us today. Uh, who do I have with me? I have Devinder Hardwar. Hello, hello. And Joanna Robinson. Hello. I'm, of course, Dave Gonzalez, and we're here to talk about the Battle of Fu. Unlike Matt Patches, I'm um, not going to pause too long to tell you to review us on iTunes, because you know <laughs> that's where we like to have good reviews, because other Korra fans can find us, and it's super important, as is ending, because we're halfway through the last book with the Battle of Fu, where we start with Suyin... Wei and Wing are caught sneaking into Kuvira's camp when Kuvira puts Zuli in her place. This forces Jinora, Opal, and Korra to meet with Kuvira outside of Zaofu, where Kuvira challenges the Avatar to one-on-one combat and wins when Korra's PTSD fells her in the Avatar state, uh, leading to a rescue from Opal and the Air Kids and Pepper the Sky Bison. Uh, Kuvira takes Zaofu and orders the domes torn down, Meanwhile, while this is happening, Varric and Bolin are assigned to work on the spirit vine weapon, only for Varric to turn all the spirit vines into a bomb and forcing Batard's Jr. to abandon the train car with the project to an explosion. Luckily, Bolin does the thing, and the duo survives, although they are stranded in the desert. Also, Milo and Icky take an art class from Skrilix Beifong, who is taken prisoner with Batard Sr. and the rest of the family, <laughs> as Junior continues to work on the spirit vine weapon a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fighting amongst females uh, this this week in terms of uh, the amazing battle of Zaufu, which ended up being a lot smaller uh, than i was expecting Devendra, it mm-hmm. seems like uh, being a ultimately elite metal bender which i'm sure you would be if we were in this world I can, love it can fell a Shakily trained avatar, it seems, because I don't think I don't think Korra landed a single a single hit in the non-avatar state.
1: Yeah, but you know she's uh, she's not. I she hasn't had much practice recently, and uh, Kavir has spent the past three years kind of honing her skills. But uh, this is kind of what I've loved about metal bending, like since it was introduced in the original series, right? Because it's something that sort of it broke the rules uh, from what like Aang knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that it was something that even he didn't know about. And Metal Bending just kind of uh, embodied this idea that there is still progress in this world, even though there are still so many traditions and it's still run by, like, you know, somebody who's been reincarnated uh, who knows how many times. There's still room for new things. So I love that. And I love that this series kind of keeps that going.
0: Joanna, did this seem like a mid-season, all the pieces are in place? Or did this, was this thrilling enough just to have an episode-long showdown between our protagonist and antagonist?
2: I don't know why. I kind of feel like rewatching the episode, but that Mm -hmm. battle really frustrated me. And I I don't know why. I think part of it has to do with the fact that, you know, maybe this isn't fair to judge this way. But since we know that Korra is probably not going to win, right, because it's the middle of the Mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. So for the storytelling arc, we know she's not going to beat Kuvira here it was frustrating to me to watch her not land a single blow on Kuvira Mm -hmm. for her to just get beat over and over and over again for her to take so long to go into the avatar state when she was getting pummeled. Um, And then once again, to see her be felled by the the same thing that we thought she had already conquered. So it feels like a retread story-wise to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if that's actually interesting storytelling because it's sort of, taking the arc and going up and down and up and down rather than on a clear upward trajectory. But um, for some reason, that aspect really frustrated me. I liked the other, the B plot of the episode, but the the duel didn't throw me the way I, I usually feel when I watch Avatar fights. So.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's frustrating because we've seen her just do so much more, you know, and right. fight much more powerful enemies. And we know, I, I don't actually think we've seen Korra fail this badly. Yeah. Um, you know, in the show ever, even in the first season when she was like fighting Amon, on, she's always had this confidence about her. Uh That was kind of her problem in the first season. And now she's kind of lost that. She knows where she stands, but what that spark that made her Cora is just kind of gone. And yeah, I, I think we thought she kind of got over it, but these things don't, you, know, you can't just have like one simple procedure and Absolutely. be done with PTSD. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, it might have been something about like the way that Jenna Varney was doing these like Steffi Graf, like every mm-hmm. single like Cora, like oh oh uh, oh, uh, and I know that it's just. I just wish she had hit Kuvira once, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, just you just want to hit
1: Kuvira once. I
2: want to hit Kuvira <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. When she went into Avatar state and was pummeling Kuvira, uh, I I was really enjoying that. So. I know, I'll have to wait for the finale to get my, like, real satisfaction in.
0: Mm -hmm. My week that I was off to go traverse the world on my Air Bison, I happened across a sixth grade boy who was a large fan of Cora, but did not understand necessarily what PTSD was. And so I was in the interesting um, position of having to explain, and I ended up sort of explaining to myself, where it's just like logically your emotions like unmoor themselves from your mind so even though it's frustrating to see chorus deal dealing with this i'm not sure i i think i can honor it as a portrayal of ptsd at this Mm -hmm. point because i know that it's you know her series and ultimately in the next few episodes she's going to come back but it is a little frustrating to have spent i don't know a good three episodes specifically dealing with Korra being in this problem while, you know, things like, I don't know what, like, Mako and Wu were up to and Asami seemed, like, shuttled into a Korra-centric episode. So, I mean, I'm waiting for this season's plotting to make itself make sense to me. Uh, but that that being said, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the showdown. I think I might have set my expectations too high based on the title because I thought we were going for, like, a... A two towers clash. Yeah, something, something <laughs> huge where, you know, everybody was inside the quote unquote the city in the Earth Kingdom and had to hold off a siege. But uh, yeah, I see, the, I see the benefit of putting our protagonists and our antagonists together. It just seems like of those two characters, uh, like every episode seems to be hammering home mm-hmm. something I already know about them.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. I get it. Kuvira's evil. I get <laughs> it. Cora's suffering. And what did I learn about them? You know, Patches, in his Screen Crush review, did make a good point. He compared this to the duel, um, the great duel in Troy, and talked about the way, the, the film Troy, and the way in which um, battle scenes don't do as good of a job as a duel does in revealing character as you're watching mm-hmm something but i agree with with dave here that what was revealed from them isn't yeah i don't have a better understanding of them i just understand them the same
1: i think the way core approached this whole problem is just really telling because the core of old would be like you know gung-ho let's just fight let's fight it out right (laughs) and it shows that she's learned so much in this you know in the big time jump between last season uh her first approach to this thing is to talk Is to try to reason it out, even though, even in a case where maybe she should know, that's not going to help. I do like that she at least kind of relies on that before jumping into the fight. And once the fight is ready to happen, she's like willing to do it. It's just the other stuff she's dealing with uh, that's holding her back. But I think it just this whole the way she approaches this thing shows she's grown a lot uh, just in terms of her emotional state, I guess, or in terms of how she approaches problems.
2: Yeah. But it would be nice if she were right, right. and it seems like she's wrong. You know, yeah, yeah. When 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 Sue and Opal are shouting things at her, they're right, and she's wrong.
0: You know, yeah. so it's
1: a Tenzin school of uh, you know <laughs> badly placed
0: diplomacy. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> are, are Sue and Opal right because they both seem to be, um, I guess, portrayed mm. in this episode like maybe their emotions are yeah. ruling them more so than Cora, who. Seems to do the logical thing. And really, mm-hmm. the only reason it feels climactic is because we know the value of Zhao Fu. But, like, no one died and Korra got away. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, you yeah. know, was. I mean, I did, <clears throat> watching the episode the first time through, I did have, like, a split second where I'm like, did Kuvira just go in the avatar state? But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that being that that didn't happen.
2: I watched, uh, I I watched was. it really late at night. I watched it really late at night and I definitely said, Oh my god, Avatar Kuvira and then I saw the little <laughs> hairstyle, and I was like, Oh, it's Korra. Okay.
1: Although I wonder uh, if that's like a hint of something because we have the whole spirit vine weapon thing, which yeah, oh. destroyed sure. But Spirit Vine powered Kuvira at some point to go against Avatar, you know, Korra. Like that'll happen. But to what you are asking, Dave, I don't, I don't know if Sue and uh, I don't know if they were technically right just to say like uh, Korra should just jump into the Avatar state to solve this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't
2: love the assassination plot, but at the same time, like, Kuvira is there as an aggressor, so for her to high-road right. this whole thing and say, like, how dare they come in the middle of the night and try to assassinate me when right. I'm just here with my millions of troops minding my business trying to be <laughs> diplomatic. I mean, it's... Well, she I, had to I, know I, I, that was
0: going to happen from the beginning. Yeah. But, like, yeah. that was that was the plan, is just send Korra to stall until <laughs> Suyin does something rash. My thing right. would be, like... Uh, I mean, if you, if you know, if you're on the Beifong side of this and the Avatar, you know, sort of fails. I guess when Kuvira is out there and she's saying uh, her stance is Fu can't rule itself. She needs to unite the Earth Kingdom. And she keeps saying these things. And I really wasn't, like, logically even on her wavelength until she's like, well, Zao Fu has this, all this technology and culture that I want to spread everywhere. And I'm like, why didn't you lead with that argument? That at least makes more sense than Fu's the only city left standing. So, it, I, don't, I don't know. It, it, without knowing what Kuvira's, I mm-hmm. guess, like, thrust is outside of uniting, like, whatever she's building to or whatever resources she needs to make whatever super weapon she's about to throw together, which might be a giant mech suit, I'm starting to think, because what else would you need that much metal <laughs> and spirit vines for? or um, something.
1: <laughs> well, also, a master metal bender. Like, yeah, maybe a mech suit or maybe... I don't know. A way to infuse herself with the power of the spirit vine, and maybe some metal stuff too.
0: Like I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you know.
2: What would Magneto do? That's the
0: exactly. exactly. He would put exactly. the metal inside <laughs> the other robots so he could mm-hmm. control them. Yeah, it's well,
2: just. It's, Cora it's, did have metal in her, and now it's out. But mm-hmm.
1: it's, oh, we missed like a a potential Magneto moment there. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Magneto and Wolverine moment. So you know. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good point.
1: It's just, but
2: she was doing, I mean, that is a cool aspect of this fight. I mean, I, I, I did say that it was frustrating to watch, but, you know, Kuvira throwing the bits of her uniform as sh- shackles or, or like a Jordi mm-hmm. visor on Korra on to hinder her was, you know, it was pretty great fight choreography there. You know, the whole metal bending Yeah. Stuff was good. That's
1: what I've always loved about the shows that the uh, there are always practical reasons for the things people are wearing or what they do, um, and they clearly thought about like Kuvira's. We saw this before when she was yeah. using you know her metal netting to shackle the people to the train tracks, but uh, it's cool to see even in action. Like it, they serve a distinct purpose. Um, I don't know, just fun to watch, I guess.
0: I, have, I agree. I have a couple mm-hmm. of Bayfong-centric questions. Number one. If Toph doesn't show up here, Toph's not showing up, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> at some point, uh, that the family reunion has to happen.
1: Lin will show up, you know, Toph will show up, and then we'll have the real ba- battle to see, yeah.
0: Do you think that's going to happen in Zaufu, or do you think all roads lead to Republic City now? It's a good question. I, I mean, just
1: given... I feel like Zafu is so important plot wise to so many of the characters and to the idea of metal bending and to Toff. So I do think we'll see something there because they have to reclaim it. And Republic City, I don't even know if we're going to really go back there because Kuvira doesn't really need that, right? She doesn't need to take the battle there. She just needs to hold down the fort in the Earth Kingdom. Yeah.
2: But didn't we talk about what did we decide about where the Republic City lies? Like, isn't it in the Earth uh-huh. Kingdom?
0: technically
2: right so i could see her going for it because she's like you know i'm going all in i'm taking all of the earth kingdom and i can take republic city one like. of our
0: commenters yeah. brought up that that might have been why we spent so much time early last season dealing with the spirit vines in republic city is now that's where mm-hmm. her base of power yeah, could be if she needs this and that's where um hiroshi is in case he wants to stop a giant mech suit maybe in the future if he feels <laughs> like it The other other Bayfon related question is this might, I was getting close earlier and I'm I'm gonna talk myself to it. The more time we spend with Kuvira, the more I'm getting tired of people not having a good argument against her. Like, it's like she's such a strong antagonist at this point because basically no one's been able to stop her and it's been obvious that she's been using pre planning. I'm a bit on her side just because we haven't (laughs) seen the re education camps. Like with the- yeah. oh
2: you're going to have to see at Dachau before you believe that Hitler is a monster is that How what you're telling me we you?
0: fall to tyranny Dave I'm <laughs> just so <laughs> I'm just saying, our heroes haven't been doing things that I've been agreeing with. You're so so
2: Bolin here. I mean, like, (laughs) Bolin had to be threatened with the camps in order to understand. And you're like, I'm going to have to see them. I have to see the showers before I agree.
1: I I mean, I do. Kuvira brings up several times that she, like, she was there, you know, when Korra was on her, you know, self-pity journey. uh, When everybody else, you know, was, yeah, not doing anything. And the Earth Kingdom was in trouble. Kuvira was there. Yeah. And she did the work. And that, you know, that point is sympathetic for her, at least. And
0: it, it seems so much now about, like, her versus this family that wronged her personally that I'm, like, starting mm-hmm. to forget that there's a whole nation that she's technically wronging. Because I'm like, yeah, you know what, Suyin, you seem to be making the wrong decisions every time, too. <laughs> at least, the, you know, this person's coming back with some consistency. and right. like, Yeah, she's crazy. But Suyin's a little <laughs> crazy, too, just in a different way. I don't think Siyun ever thought she was speaking on behalf of the entire Earth
1: Kingdom, though. Right? She has her. She has her little place. She has Zhao Fu, um, and she has her power there. But I don't. The way she thought of power, the way she thought of the Earth Kingdom, was always like separate little things, you know, yeah. that kind of had their own sense of power, um, and. I I guess her big problem is not lifting a finger to try to do something about all the problems in the Earth Kingdom because she was just taking care of home. Right. Um,
0: yeah, or, and that... She also yeah. made, like I said, a big reverse from, like, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. anything. I'm not going to do anything. Kuvir is here. I'm going to go kill her in her sleep.
1: Well, I mean, but still, that's, I'm
2: that's, not going to do a big fight. Yeah, that's, I'm that's exactly her motivation. her
0: motivation. Her yeah. motivation is to protect her
1: own, you know, and protect her her uh, tribe. I yeah. Guess. I think
2: it's consistent. If mm-hmm. uh, here's my question, if Kuvira had, uh, as I was afraid she would assassinated, to in the, in the town square, uh, and the twins, then would you have been a- against
1: her?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the same thing I said in the first episode when we were still debating Kuvira, the antagonist It's like, there's a a list of unforgivable things you could do in fiction to establish that you're the unforgivable antagonist and Kuvira hasn't done any of those things yet not yeah. that we've seen there's not a whole Maybe bunch not of dead unforgivable bodies. yeah she can be redeemed unlike yeah. other folks right well i mean like unlike someone like mm-hmm. Zaheer, who's still around and might be some useful information <laughs> at this point
2: <coughs> but Okay so until you see the camps like if there really is arts and crafts happening at the camps um you're okay with her. I mean, like, at the very least, the camps are about breaking people. They're about breaking their spirit, about making them right. obey. I, you know, I don't need to see the violence of how that happens to be firmly anti kuvira
0: As a as a logic in the world, I believe you, but as somebody who consumes storytelling, she's still in a redemptive place, and I'm not necessarily sure that she's in the weaker logical position at this point considering no No, but it's
2: no but it's it's ends versus means it's like yeah her plan might be more sound she might be right but the way she's going about it is just empirically wrong i think yeah with the camp aspects and the like threatening feeble villagers aspects you know like that's wrong right it's
0: tyranny I mean, yes, but in terms of the threatening, Mm. feeble villagers aspects, that's like literally what every other leader we've seen in the series has been doing.
2: Is that what Suyin's been doing?
0: What, threatening feeble villagers? Well, I mean, okay, maybe not. But the whole point is that she doesn't want to be (laughs) a leader. But if you're talking about the like uh, ghettoizing Republic Mm -hmm. City or Unalak or the White Lotus, the Red Lotus, they're all talking about some sort of chaos or subjugation of people.
2: But well, those are all the villains that we aren't supposed to find offensive, yeah. right?
1: Well, I mean, well, they all are... I think they, they've all had their own redeeming qualities, that, right? There was, certain, yeah, there was a certain... Yeah, there was a certain point to... And this is what Toph mentioned, is that they yes. all kind of had a point, you know? And I think Kuvira, compared to all of them, is the least evil because she thinks what she's doing is just. And there are so many reasons. And uh, you know, the thing about C Yin is, like, I don't think she... She wasn't denying leadership. She just refused to think of the Earth Kingdom as this thing that could be united, you know that should be ruled altogether. And that, uh, you know that goes back to so many things, like back to when China was like a whole bunch of different feudal states. Uh, and the idea of uniting it uh, to give peace or something like that, that took a lot of blood. It took a lot of you know, energy to make that sort of thing happen. and that was what Jinping <laughs> was never interested in. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Because I think a lot of people who believe in, I don't know, self in liberty or self determination or whatever, that's how they'd want to be ruled is you rule yourself because you live here and not some greater government that may not actually be there. That's that's America, guys.
0: Right. I guess I'm just devil's advocating, saying that we have no evidence in this world that democracy is the system of government that works best for them.
2: I mean, this. I mean, yeah. We're not. It's not like President Raiko is a gem. That's that's a fair thing to say. So yeah,
0: all we really uh, need to do is figure out what the Fire Nation got right, because apparently they seem to be doing fine <laughs> this, this entire <laughs> way. Yeah. Well, I mean, they ruled by force and
1: by dominating. And know, dragons. The series and uh, dragons. You know. But that was, this is, we're seeing like how the beginnings of the Fire Nation, of the original series began, right? Because <laughs> you start by building the empire, and then once you have it, your only choice is to expand the empire and crush those who don't agree with you.
0: Yes, but unlike, yeah. uh, unlike Kuvira, Ozai burnt his son immediately so we knew he was unforgivable. We'll see we'll see what uh Kuvira does, right? She definitely has all the markings of somebody who
1: would do something crazy like that, right? This yeah. is proto-Ozai, basically. So Maybe, can we talk
2: about my not, new not favorite psychopath. Can we talk about my new favorite couple yet? <laughs> Bolin and Varic. Uh,
0: yes, so yes we can. I mean I still have one more couple yeah. oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I have sorry, one more no. Bayfon question. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Juan and Batar Senior Characters <laughs> that were side characters last season, Uh Batars seemed to the point where I don't even think he had a line. I think he was just yeah. carrying stuff. Now it looks like they might be the ones that are the only Bayfong's capable of doing something. Uh, are they gonna are they gonna step up while Core is out? Um, I think I they'll have to. Yeah,
2: I don't think so in a major way, though. Mm-hmm. Like I, you don't think they're going in their own little metal coffins along with the rest of. <laughs> the baphongs i did like their stand up you know their yeah. Avengers moment that was that was a really good moment yeah. um and um,
1: uh, that, I like that that's where my favorite line happened actually the hipster child yeah i can do that was yeah your something about his freedom uh, his individuality. Oh no I didn't yeah.
2: love that but I loved when <laughs> Batar senior was like gave him the old Sean Connery like junior you know and I wanted <laughs> Batar junior to be like that's not my name <laughs>
0: Yeah uh, I like That it. was good I think yeah. I
2: love Batar junior so much
0: right. <laughs> I think those two are now charged with taking down Batar junior I think Oh yeah yeah, it, that like,
2: could, I could give them that that minor victory for sure.
0: Yeah, like and did what they needed to do. Now it seems like Patar senior slash somebody who's <laughs> obsessed with being the individual versus fascism are like, okay, thematic things to go against each yeah. other. League of
1: not-so-extraordinary side uh, characters. Exactly. You
0: know, that's what they are. Oh, well, then I just need to get Emo Airbender out there. Exactly. And we could have, like, the craziest little team ever. Oh, man.
1: I miss I beach did... episodes in anime for reasons like this. But,
2: <laughs> yeah, anyway. I did, like, the... I really love the character design of Batar Sr. and Batar Jr. Because they are, like, sort of carbon copies of each other. Um, just the way they square it out. I mean, Skrillex... The Skrillex Bayfong is just a little too much of a caricature. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but you know, it's anime,
0: that's the that's whole thing.
2: Um, but um, but yeah, the father and son, I, I just really liked that. It looked good, to yeah.
0: Me. He's K he's pop Beifong now because <laughs> his hair is has evolved. Yeah. So, okay, let's, <laughs> let's talk about Varric and Bolin. Uh, I they need a theme song, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> da,
1: da, 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 da. We just need the the odd couple theme for them. We well, do. It's funny,
2: you know, <laughs> given who we know is voicing Verrick I always thought him as this like, you know, sort wacky comic relief slash you know, harmless villain sort of thing. Um but he's crossing the line to like roguish for me in like in a Han Solo way in this oh, yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Varric is so handsome, uh, like the way he's drawn, that I'm just like, <laughs> I need to rejigger my conception of who this character is. Uh, so.
0: That yeah. was great. great See, he is a war profiteer that now we are rooting for. All I'm saying <laughs> is that we shouldn't give up on Kuvira. She seems to have some sal- salient points.
2: Well, if there were a book six, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe <laughs> in book six it could come around. We only have six episodes to soften, so. Uh,
0: if only Kyle McLaughlin was Varric. <laughs> <There was, laughs> uh, John Michael Higgins, who plays Varric during the offseason, said that he had a bit of dialogue that where Varric talked about. Uh, sort of his character that almost brought him to tears. Was that this episode? I keep waiting for that moment because I know that he mm-hmm. said that. And I know that there's like a deeper Varric there. He did make a suicide speech basically, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it That's was tough. And it was like, it was filled with comic relief moments, but like, mm-hmm. really, he committed to die from like the yeah. second he wakes up and Zuli isn't there, which is just it's so, sort of heartbreaking.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Although maybe he'll have, like, a big, like, makeup speech
1: with Zuli at some point. So, we'll see. We'll see.
2: I'll wait for the Mm -hmm. tears. But just the way that he so, you know, definitely handled everyone to, like, to get Bolin to be his assistant. Um, And even if you could see that this is what he was doing, like, don't let him tinker. He's obviously... (laughs) I thought he was just going to blow up all the spirit vines. I didn't see that he was going to blow up the entire train. But... um, yeah, I mean, Team Varric all the way. Team and Bolin was great. still being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, up until the last minute, like, was never was it, winking at him, and he wasn't getting it. Um, it's like is something the, in your eye. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing it evoked for me, weirdly, um, if it had just been that group in that room, it felt like... The Breaking Bad episode, the fly to me for some reason, because you've got (laughs) Varric working on it and you've got Bolin like Jesse Pinkmaning around and it's just, I don't know. That's a a weird little association. That's, That's
0: better than my association, which is like, this is like the Wild Wild West train.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's <laughs> basically, Briscoe County Junior.
1: So yeah, we, we need
0: the giant mechanical spider. We do. <laughs> hey, we're, we we uh, we don't know what she's bending the Zhao domes into. So exactly, don't, don't count yeah. giant mechanical spirit find spider out quite. Yet. Oh,
2: that's what you meant by what she need all the metal for. I didn't connect to that. I just thought when she said take down the domes, it was like a you know Zhao no longer gets to hide behind these shields. Oh, I didn't maybe, think about, like, right. I need all this
0: metal to build a mech suit. But I
2: know, I don't or know, something. I think maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. It's interesting.
0: Well, and then they also, she also has all the crazy space metal now that they had in Zaofu, which is super easy to bend. So, I, I mean, okay, I don't know if we're gonna go in the same direction as book two's, like, now we're a Keiju battle finale. <laughs>
1: yeah, we can't do that
0: again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to basically a, a reuniting of all the characters from uh, Team Korra that haven't been in the same place, and <coughs> aware that Korra is alive for this season, and I would love to see where is Mako the living. Yeah, I'd love to see the living <laughs> members of Team uh, Aang Avatar uh, come together. But you know, I've been I've been waiting for that for four books. I'm giving up. I'm yeah. slowly giving up.
1: It reminds me of, like, one of the first Dragon Ball Z movies, right, where you just kind of have to wait for everybody to come together and Kamehameha together. That's really all I'm waiting for <laughs> to the big bad.
2: What is Tenzin doing right now? Like, why did he send the kids off? Is he training the airbenders? He needs or what to is...
1: be there for reasons. Okay. Like,
2: so we can get I've, more it,
1: below. Okay. It's kind of amazing that they haven't taken this more seriously. You know, that yeah. they're not like, sending all the forces to <laughs> South to, like, take this threat on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, where, oh, Iroh, where's General Iroh? You think he'd oh, yeah. be around? He's the Republic City military, right? hmm mm-hmm.
2: He's just gonna casually park his dragon, like, in the finale and be like, yo, I'm here, what's up?
0: Oh, Iroh and Zuko <laughs> and Zuko's May-looking daughter. I would be, I would be into that. But I have to be ready for that not to happen because we are talking about balance, which I would like, does anybody have an idea of what sort of balance we're craving here? Because I keep thinking, like, overthrowing Covira and putting the Earth Kingdom back into disarray isn't really balanced. So can that really be our conclusion yeah. now that we're happy? It
1: wouldn't through? be disarray, but balance would be, like, you know, independent Earth Kingdom states managing themselves, working together towards a common goal. And that can be ex- an example for the rest of the world, too, right? Democracy doesn't have to just be in Republic City.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that okay. too similar to how we ended the first series? Maybe. I don't quite remember. <laughs> Joe?
2: Um, well, here's a question building off of what we said about maybe the Spirit Vines will make mm-hmm. an avatar Kuvira. I mean, I'm sorry, one of our commenters said we shouldn't talk about Buffy so much, but sorry. It's all Buffy, um,
1: guys. Everything's I mean, back to Buffy. And I yeah. think
2: Devendra brought this up. Are we headed towards a conclusion where everyone's the avatar?
1: Mm, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know
2: like that's the balance because then you don't have this one person I mean that's how Buffy concluded right you've got a one chosen person every generation who yeah. has this terrible responsibility and then it's like okay what if we don't what if maybe every bender yeah. is an avatar or you know every person is a bender or you know something that evens the playing field a bit yeah.
0: more yeah
2: what that if would it the it goes
0: opposite direction and everything
2: yeah and no away. one's a bender no yeah. one's an avatar yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Something like that. Would
1: that would be, I I feel like if they went with the no bending ending, that would be like something from X3, right? Where the very last frame is, ah, oh, somebody's bending again. Duh. And it's <laughs> serious. Um, I, think, I think it makes more sense to kind of even it out and spread the powers out. And the thing about Buffy is I, you know, I wasn't too big a fan of what they did, but I can understand the uh, symbolism behind it and why they did that. And what we're seeing in this season is that it's almost like being the Avatar is too much for one person. You know, to actually, to survive. And it's a different world now to be the Avatar rather than, you know, in the past where they didn't have all this technology. The world wasn't such a, maybe it wasn't, like, in such a crazy disarray. Um, whereas now it makes more sense to kind of spread it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. I mean, I agree. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the Buffy finale either. Mm-hmm. But um,
0: well, the whole I don't know if that just had thing, to do with, like, yeah.
2: execution rather than the concept, which I kind of like...
1: I also if hated most me, of the potentials,
2: so that's me. Exactly, I hated all the potentials, I yeah. wanted them to die. So, you know, if you... But if you had told me the beginning of Buffy, this is going to end with Buffy no longer being the one chosen girl of her generation right. who has this huge burden upon her, I would be like, that's that's a great, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I just didn't love the execution.
1: Yeah. And, here, and more about Buffy, by the way, like, uh, how that idea, right, the, being the Slayer was kind of a curse, kind of thrust upon her by some man long, long ago, and... Oh. Uh, the the avatar history isn't that you know isn't that specific, but <laughs> I do think true. it is. It's it's treated as something like that just kind of happened, right? The whole idea of uh, wand closing the spirit door um, that was actually I love that last season or whenever it was uh, treated as a mistake. You know, the, even the original avatar can make mistakes. So maybe maybe this whole setup doesn't have to exist the way it has for the past who knows how long.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like the idea of there being no avatar at the end of the season, just because I feel like the main thrust of Korra's character is she was built to be this thing that she mm-hmm. now struggles to be every single day of her life, and at, seems to not necessarily be bringing, you know, not making situations better, with, you know, like mm-hmm. with, with the exception of like. Unalaq, uh, there isn't anything that like only the Avatar had to do uh, to defeat any of these villains. It just mm-hmm. the Avatar seemed like the best person to do it. I mean, it just makes it puts us in a sad PTSD scarred Cora uh, status quo, and it feels it would. The only reason it would feel weird to me is like the first series' whole message was if the Avatar disappears for a hundred years, everything goes to crap. So it'd mm-hmm. be interesting to see the second series be like, well, but then we learned about right Even
2: now. when the avatar is here, everything goes to crap.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I mean, is fine. I'm just... it's
2: uh, Well, but yeah, and without Korra, I mean, we don't have a solution. We don't have a solution to what's going on with these humans tearing at each other. Um, so that's why I think the bending... Aspect has, you know, Kuvira cannot be the tyrant that she is without her bending ability. Right. So mm-hmm. if there's just no bending in the world anymore, you know, if you have to go back to asking a spirit turtle for special permission to bend and they decide if you're worthy, that's not really how it worked. But, you know, like
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: something like that. Yeah. So that Kuvira, people like Kuvira cannot pervert um this power
0: so you're saying like Verrick for president is what you're saying
2: <laughs> oh i vote i'd vote for Verrick
0: oh, then man. again i vote for
2: boyd crowder so i'm not a good person uh, a, to decide if this
1: were a role-playing game uh Varick would be the best person to play like the most fun the most like you can never predict what he's gonna do um, I'm kind of wondering about what do you guys think about Julie at this point because she kind of does seem all in. I'm still wondering like if she's having the plan to get out.
2: No, I think she's playing the long game. I yeah. think she she uh, manipulated herself into an assistance position so she can now mess up their project as well.
0: Hopefully, yeah. I feel like the mm-hmm. bond between her and Varric actually does go two ways. I feel like we saw hers last episode, and now mm-hmm. we're seeing it take its toll on Varric, who is ready to die. <laughs> basically um so i mean a lot of that is like self uh, selfless yeah. sacrifice for technology but it's also to, that's not something we're used to seeing Varick, yeah uh, do so i think when he told bolin you did the thing it felt like he was expecting him to do like
2: yeah. he was yeah. waiting to manipulate him into doing that yeah i don't know if he was ready to die
1: i, I do even I know he, he said that, that it seemed
2: that way, but I don't
1: know. Well, maybe yeah. He put on a brave face, but he was actually yeah expecting to get away the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it'd be great. By the way, if by the end uh, Vera pours his heart out to Zuli and she's like, eh, you know, I'm done with you and walks away. Oh. Right, like I'm not evil. Yeah.
2: I'm not Team yeah. Kuvira, but I'm not going to be promising your feet anymore. Yeah, we don't exactly. want that. We don't want Zuli to go back to that. You
0: know. Okay. Okay. So in the the final battle of Republic City. President Varric gets his leg shot off. Then she takes him back.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then she only has one foot to pumice, so, you know, it's not yeah. as bad.
0: Well, then it's better <laughs> she could, like, strand him at the bottom of the stairs.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Who else are we forgetting in this episode? We have an uh, Icky and Milo, uh, I guess, art sort class. of side character. The art, class art class. Was amazing, by the way. <laughs> I like I like that Milo is really good at uh, a lot of skills that he has no interest in pursuing. Yeah, yeah, it's Milo's amazing. I love
1: beautiful, and I love that it was crap according yeah. to hipster. You know, yeah, Beifong family. Yeah,
0: yeah. the uh, The Zhao art scene I hope does not go away as it becomes a fascist state.
2: <laughs> but the way, but the way that it's not just like Milo just didn't do just an accurate portrait of himself. Yeah, it was like a little prince boy. Por- yeah, <laughs> it was so yeah. good,
1: it
0: was great, yeah. romantic style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really the most accurate portrait of how he views himself that have yeah. gotten of Milo. <laughs> Where do the air kids? Oh, I, oh no, I I did want to talk about Opal and Bowen. Uh, did they suddenly remember this was a thing and not effectively use it, or are we building to an uh, Opal being the one that brings Bowen back from? some sort of horrible crisis.
2: I kind of liked that Kuvira was like, y- 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 you know, I mean, like, you know, she's being evil and mm-hmm. evil monologuing, but, like, you know, she does have a point where she's like, you guys haven't been around each other. So, you know, I don't agree with her that Bolin's changed, <laughs> but she was able to successfully plant a seed of doubt at Opal's head, I think.
1: Yeah, of that, so. I, I, yeah. if this wasn't a kids' show, she would be like, yeah, you weren't around, and I was.
2: Yeah. Oh... oh. oh. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's a good point. I never thought about it that way, but you're totally right. Yeah, but she didn't, she didn't imply that. It's just, I feel like
0: any other show would totally, you know, hone it's in on there. that insecurity. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Now that Mako isn't in a triangle with our two favorite <laughs> lady characters, we've kind of abandoned romance, which is just fine. dead. Opaline hasn't fallen in love with a woman that's obviously bad for him yet this season, so that's a win.
2: <laughs> yeah, unless you unless you count the like pure love story between Batara Junior and Kuvir, which is not at all a political advantageous move. Then not at uh, all. Yeah.
0: No. Interesting. So, but Opal's still working for you guys. I'm a, I'm wearing a little thin on Opal. She went from call member of the airbending community to yelling about her mom too quick for me. Well,
1: that makes sense. Her mom was kidnapped. Yeah, her (laughs) mom was kidnapped, her home is threatened by a giant army and nobody's coming to help I would be annoyed if I was her for sure
0: I guess now that I hear there's an airbender oath and that they look like X-Men it just was <laughs> weird to see them talk about caring about their family at this point mm-hmm.
2: I don't think Opal was ever a very fleshed out character for me
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah
2: so I don't feel a loss of her dimension uh, dimensionality but um and I was moved when they flew off and she's crying and her mom's like, just leave. And she's like, I'll come back for you. And then I, well, that's cause I thought mm-hmm. she was going to die before the episode is over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Once again, There's it's a kids' forgivable- show. So we're not going to
2: kill Anne hache yeah. in the public square, but yeah. Here's your
0: unforgivable Kuvira moment, which may still happen. Yeah. So was- I would, I would see that as an unforgivable Kuvira moment, but I'm still waiting for an unforgivable Kuvira moment <laughs> because it seems like if we're going to end in balance, She's not gonna be one hundred percent evil, which probably means we'll never see the re education camps. Although I'm curious. Probably a lot of electricity and horrible magnets. Mm-hmm. Horrible I just magnets. hope I hope
1: there's no like weird supernatural explanation for everything is doing, like, oh my god, she's being controlled by some sort of evil spirit.
0: Uh, um, I think yeah. That
1: it's all her own motivations
0: yeah. um it's all people. of this. Yeah.
1: People mean, being it's not
0: Vatu um, growing inside. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Robin crew inside Korra. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I don't know. We're getting close enough to the end now that we're in the latter half of the final season that I'm getting a little bit nervous that there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to answer that we (laughs) did not get to.
1: About to learn that politics is his only way to truly ruling the world.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I hope that Mako and Prince Wu get their own uh, side episode. I don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Prince Rue and Varric I do want to see together. That would be fun.
2: Yeah, but it is kind of amazing, you know, how little Mako has had to do this season. So
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Well, he's, I mean, okay. He, they tra- I mean, so I don't
2: tra- think Mako's that great, but it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. he went from our romantic lead our main guy. To he was the main guy, yeah. Super sidelined. That's just because Bolin is better, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> he just is.
0: Well, I mean, if Opal can't bring Bolin back, then that comes to Mako being the one yeah. that has to do the reversal. But,
2: but Bolin's not gone. I mean, that that thing that you're waiting for Opal to accomplish or Mako, like Bolin already got there when he was like yeah. re-education yeah. camps. Zoinks! Like, he's, <laughs> I think mean, he's fully flipped back to Team Avatar. Um, I don't think we need that beat. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. really? we'll see. I, I saw David Fussino did uh, tweet out some photos with him and uh, and uh, Janet Varney. So very hopefully, we'll see a lot more between them together. And I, uh, everybody does have to get together. If not in Zaofu, then in Republic City. It just has to happen.
0: You see, uh, what I'm thinking is that if you're going to overthrow Kuvira, instead of putting all these states back into you know disarray, you put Bolin in charge of the Earth Kingdom. <laughs> Yes, yes, I've at heard least, this theory. Yeah. At least he's he's stupid enough to just like get a bear and live in the castle like previous Earth Kings, and just <laughs> like let true. everybody do their thing. Yeah, a rich I mean, legacy so, of bad rulership. Yeah. Maybe so Boleyn
2: for for stupid monarch of. Um, or of the Earth Kingdom, well, could, and
0: then Varric for president. Yeah, I mean, right? that the Earth Kingdom, they could do a dual sibling ruling, like the Northern Water Tribe, and have Mako there to, you know, make sure that crime's enforced, but uh, the law's enforced, not crimes enforced. Make sure the law's enforced, and Bolin could be the figurehead who has a pet. Uh, Pabu would, of course, be a prince, and uh, that's the point of the entire series, is to make Pabu royalty, so we'll, we're getting there. <laughs> there we go. So, guys, I think it's favorite moments from the episode time. Uh, uh, it's going to be tough to not come up with something that's fighting for me. Uh, so let's, let's try to start with uh, Joanna. Joanna.
2: All right, for me, it is obviously my favorite wordsmith, uh, Batar Jr. And um, (laughs) when Varric and Bolin's section of the train is rolling away, Batar Jr.'s eyes bug out in a way we've never seen before, which was an interesting (laughs) animation choice. And I wrote this down. I believe I got the order right. He said, he's crazier than a sewer pipe elephant rat. Whatever that is, it's a good description of Varric.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Tavindra.
1: Um, I mean, I did really enjoy the fight, but I think the Bolin and Varric moments are just, are so key. Like, I do love them as a couple, and I want to see more from them. Bolin is Varric's assistant. It's, uh, it's just, it's pure gold.
0: Oh, and mine is definitely something that Varric said, and I tried to quote, but I actually wrote down to actually quote, which was, Oh, didn't you hear? He varric himself because some girl lead him, because he's gonna make Zoolie... <laughs> Zuli's name in the history books be synonymous with betrayal.
2: Well, I loved that because he set that joke up. So you saw that coming. Zulie is like yeah. synonymous with, with suicide, but like, I don't know, Zuli is synonymous with like Benedict Arnold. But, yes, you know, then yes. he threw in that like Varric himself and I was like, oh, double down, so funny.
0: Yeah, no, a Varric is both committing suicide and a unit of energy.
2: Yeah, it can
0: be whatever you need it to be. It's like, oh, he jeweled himself in the bathroom. He had nothing to live for. <laughs> Ah, well, that's another halfway point through a book, but this is our last book, which makes me kind of sad. Uh, where uh, can we find, Davindra, where can we find you when you're exciting this on the internet since we're running uh, out of Quora?
1: Yes, uh, I'm on Twitter at twitter.com slash davindra. I podcast about movies and TV at slash film.com. Uh, I'm waiting for the Quora movie. It's going to happen, guys. I, I'm just crossing my fingers. Uh, I also do write about uh, technology at engadget.com.
0: And Joanna? Uh,
2: I'm Joanna Romson. I'm delighted about Devendra's new gig. You can find me writing um, at Vanity Fair's Hollywood uh, section during the week. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Wrote This, and you can find me podcasting all over these here internets.
0: Beautiful. I'm Dave Gonzalez. You could find me on Twitter at DA7E. You could find all of us at RepublicCityDispatch.com, where you could also comment on the episodes and get past episodes and all sorts of fun stuff. Our absent hope, Matt Patches, can be found on MattPatches.com. The top story on that blog right now is Too Many Cooks, Anatomy of the Weirdest Viral Hit Ever, <laughs> where he talks to the man who made that crazy adult Oh, video. man. So, lots of awesome content, but of course, next week, we will see you on Sunday for more Cora in, what is it called? Oh man, I forgot the episode name. I don't know, episode seven, something, something. The next one. The next
2: something, one. Something, something, Doc side.
0: We'll see you, unless we all varic ourselves, next week.